Hey, welcome to Sippin' on Scripture. I'm Michael. I'm John. And I'm Ashley. We're three friends talking life, faith, and scripture with a cold drink in hand. Cheers! Hey guys, welcome to Sippin' on Scripture. We're on episode eight and we're talking about parenting today. Dad stuff? Yeah. Dad stuff. Dad bod? <laughs> yeah, dad bods are in full force on this episode. <laughs> Um, so what are we drinking that pairs with parenting? I made Buffalo Trace Old Fashions because I feel like that's a dad drink and it's my 100%. favorite drink. So, mm-hmm. and I'm a dad. It's a stiff drink. <laughs> it's a stiff drink for a rough life. And I don't like whiskey, so I am drinking Propel. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to get them electrolytes up to chase those children that's around. That's right. That's right. So what do you guys like about an old fashioned? Ooh, I like, I like whiskey, scratching down my throat hole. I like cherry, mm-hmm. and I like sugar. Yeah. It's got all that. It's yeah. got all, all good things. Yeah. The, the, the vanilla oakiness of the, of the whiskey really complements the cherry, and the sugar just makes it go down a little bit smoother. And we even have these little, uh, these whiskey ice balls. Oh, yeah, ice balls provided by Brandon Bielski. You guys are like pros at the whiskey drink. <clears throat> like, we should have like a podcast about alcohol. No, oh, <laughs> we, we, we haven't been there, done that, huh? <laughs> Twice. <laughs> okay, so that's what we're drinking. And um, today we're jumping into parenting. So let's kind of give a background on how we are parents. So, John, how are you a dad? I am a dad by making my wife pregnant. With how many children? Three. Three children. And you have children ages what? Ages six to three. And you have boys and girls. Yes. Michael, how (laughs) are we parents? We did it. (laughs) (laughs) Refer back to our sex episode. (laughs) Oh, geez. But tell, tell our viewers our ages of our children. One, three, and six. And we also have boys and girls. We have two girls and a boy. boy so yeah, yeah. we can speak on definitely the younger side of parenting. When it gets to teenager years, we are not pros at that. Um, but do you guys feel like you have a certain style when it comes to parenting? Mm, not one that's like named. Okay. Maybe maybe a classical style of parenting where, you know, timeouts are still a thing and um, the occasional Smink spanking. That butt. <laughs> Do you feel like you or Monica is more of like the authoritarian, like lays on the rules, stuff like that? I'm louder when I yell. <laughs> so you're not a gentle parenting. You don't, you're more of the. I mean, I can be gentle. Yeah. Yeah. But you both, or are you both kind of have that authoritative yeah. role? Yeah, we try to. We try to both lay down the rules as they come. I think Michael and I um, are kind of different in our parenting style. I'm more of the authoritarian. I'm more of like the, this is the rules and this is what we're going to do. This is the way. Whereas Michael's <laughs> more of the, meh, rules can be broken. Well, that's because I like to break rules. <laughs> <laughs> the kids definitely go to him if I say no. So yeah. I'm like the always like, nope, 
iPad time's over or nope, time for bed. And they'll go to Michael and be like, 10 more minutes. And he'll be like, ah, okay. And like, so they always go to him. I usually negotiate down to like five. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I guess that's me too. I if, if I'm in a good mood and they ask me sweetly, I'll be like, all right, fine. Well, we can watch, you know, a little bit of your favorite TV show before bed or... Yeah, I guess I'll read you another story. Yeah. Or something. Where I'm more of like the, I don't want to say strict, but I am kind of strict. I have expectations, like high expectations for them. Yeah. Um, But when it comes to like actual discipline, I feel like Michael is more of the disciplinary. Like he will fall through in the disciplines where I'm like a lot of like, like not threats, but I'll be like, oh, one. Yeah. Two, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll oh, count oh, to three and spank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's or like, like, do I have to it's start like this an countdown? Yeah. <laughs> I'll start one. <laughs> you know? So I feel like that's kind of where, like, Michael will stick to his word. If he says, you know, you're going to be in timeout, or he says, you're going to your room, or he says, you're getting a spanking, like, he falls through with that really well. Yeah. Whereas I'm more of like a empty threats. Dang it. They didn't listen. <laughs> Called my bluff. <laughs> Man, now what do I do? Hurry up. <laughs> Think of something else. Michael. <laughs> Um, so if we think back on all the stages of parenting, let's think back of the newborn stage. What was something like fun about it? And what was like something that maybe was hard for us during that time? I'd say parenting is kind of in quotations when it comes to, um, newborns, you know, it's more of definitely more of a nurturing all the time kind of thing. Um, especially when, you know, you have to change your diapers all the time, feed them, put them to lay them in their little cribby, tuck them in their little, t- oh, they're, so they're just so cute. They're just so cute. Yeah. But then I feel like, and then when it's your baby, it's like, it gets annoying really fast. And then other people have kids, you know, like, oh, I'll hold that baby. I, can, I don't know why you get so annoyed with your baby, but when it's your baby, oh you're yeah, like, so annoying. Well, that's even with other kids, you yeah. know, you're, you seem to be more patient with other kids. Oh yeah. Well, I feel up like until two. I no, feel like sure. the newborn stage is each kid's different. So each newborn is going to be different. So like, do they sleep through the night? Do they, you know, yeah. do they need to eat every two hours or can they go longer? Or like, yeah. it's just figuring out that kid and, mm. you know, or that baby. Well, and yeah, our baby, what works. Our, our middle child, Oliver, he, uh, he had colic. So right, that was... The worst thing in the world. Yeah. I mean, just nonstop crying. He had eczema and all this stuff. And you just like, the, I look back at pictures and see him and he just looks like the most miserable <laughs> little kid. I'm like, oh, buddy. <laughs> like, it makes me think like, oh, man, should I not have gotten mad at him about this stupid little well, thing? Well, it's hard when you're you're running on very little sleep, too. Yeah. Or like, you don't know how to help them. Like, I feel like that's yes. another struggle with newborn yeah. is like, you're like, why are you crying? You should be fine. You know, yeah. like, and you just can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kinsley and Drew were every two hours had to eat and they wake up every single two hours. And Ellie, our first, she slept through the night after like two days and like slept six hours and like I had to wake her up to feed her. And so like then when I when Drew came along and he was a every two hour person, I'm like, what happened to my sleep? <laughs> what is going on? What happened to me? I agree. I agree. This is this is my story too. So I know. I'm just going with it. All right. So, my but mom. I mean, as a father, how did it? 
seem to you? I know you probably slept through most of the. <laughs> I woke up. I just went back to bed. Yeah, I'm more. I'm more impatient with the third child. I'm like, no, don't wake me up. Yeah, actually, wake up. But yeah, that's definitely how it went. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we've been through this already. You wanted <laughs> like, a third yeah, child. you wanted a third kid. <laughs> You're waking up every time. All right, so then it comes to those terrible twos and those trying threes um, in toddlerhood. So let's mm-hmm. talk about that. I, I like the Fantastic Four. They do really get good at four. I feel like that's really when they're like, they are their little person at four. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, the terrible twos with the starting to throw fits and yes, everything, the that, and and not knowing how to parent that because, you know, it's like what what do I do? They're freaking out over nothing. Um, nope, I'm done. Kensley has started throwing herself on the floor. Oh yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> we say no, or she doesn't get her way. She like dramatically like falls to the floor and will kick, and I'm just like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, yeah, when I was, well, she does it in play, too, because the other day I was chasing her down the hallway, and I was like, I'm going to get you, and she's laughing, 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 gets to the end of the thing, just falls down, starts crying, and then I'm like, oh, what happened? And then she'll get up and run the other way. (laughs) They definitely start learning. They're like, ooh, Mm -hmm. I could get away with this, you know. Um. Okay, we each have a school-age kid, young school-age, but, like, how are they different than all these other stages they're just more independent you can take them to school and pick them up and if if you told them to go to their room they can color and do what they want to do and occupy themselves i also feel like they're helpers in a sense like we can tell ellie to go get you know mm-hmm. this that and the other thing for kensley or hey go get kensley advocate or hey you know like and they're definitely like more in that like helper role too. Yeah, yeah, they definitely become more socialized in that aspect of you're in a group and you can help out with the group's goals. Yeah. So, yeah, my my youngest and my oldest, they'll set the table sometimes. Oh, yeah, perfect. Yeah. And they can start helping around with those chores. And yeah, stuff. and they like to help make cookies. Yeah. I also feel like when they start getting into school, though, that's when things start getting interesting because they bring home school sometimes. Maybe it's something they heard at school or yes. something that's going on at school. Mm. And that's kind of when we have to like step in as parents and be like, yes, we do that in this house or no, that's not okay. And here's why. Yeah. Um, like uh, lying has become a big thing ooh. for us. And we think it comes from, kids getting away with stuff in school i feel like kids get away with a lot more in school nowadays yeah so i think that they've learned to that lying they can get out of something yeah which is not okay and maybe she's seeing somebody in school oh yeah lie to get out of something doing something at school so she's like "Ooh, yeah i'm gonna do that at home they're spanked that butt (laughs) yeah you, you um, lie to me, six year old. <laughs> show you, the, I'll show you the hand. <laughs> I think when it comes to teenagers, that's going to be hard because I feel like I'm already seeing little mini versions of us in our kids. Mm. So picture that as a teenager. Yeah, no, like, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared. I don't need that. You guys. I don't need that future anxiety. 
I'm, I'll think about it when it happens. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying we can't really speak to it, but no. I feel like that's going to be the next hurdle yeah. of like, okay, we got to figure this out. Which, the scariest part of that is like how many times I could have gotten into serious like, oh yeah, trouble or hurt. I know. <laughs> it's not even like, oh, they're going to lie when they're teenagers. I'm like, just don't jump off a cliff. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just Where I was like a very like straight A, always did my homework, always did that. You know, like I yeah. was very, I don't know, good, yeah. well behaved. Yeah. So like you're going to have like, hopefully there'll be a good mix where. You were, you were very good in school. I wouldn't say you were well behaved. Wow. I did have an attitude. You had a huge attitude. Yeah. And it did give me a lot of trouble. So I've heard. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of excited for the teenage years, you know, being able to conversate with your child and see what they think about the world. They're really going to become their own adults. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you can teach them stuff. You can actually take them to do some sports with you or something. Right. And not have them be a Or they'll be a in hindrance. a sport. Or they'll be in a sport. Yeah. You can coach it or yeah. watch on the sideline. Yeah. It'll be fun when we get up there. Yeah. Maybe on future episodes we could bring, like, maybe talk parenting, but bring in people that have had teenagers and older. Um, yeah. To where we could get more insight on that. Maybe people who currently have teenagers. Yeah. Because, you know, I feel like people who have had teenagers look back at teenage years as, like, almost kind of fondly and all that. But I know they're troublesome. <laughs> Very true. So maybe that'll in, be a future episode. We can bring in... Becky Walters. Oh, she'd be a good one. She's she got a lot of teenagers. Yeah. Like all of them. <laughs> all right, Becky, if you're listening, we're coming for you. Um, what is your biggest challenge so far of parenting? I think my biggest challenge is uh, either being too nice or being too strict. You know, it's it's hard to be balanced all the time on things. That's my first sentence. I, I oh, is it? To, I yeah. didn't even read yours. I didn't put it in the chat, so you wouldn't steal it. But you stole it anyway. <laughs> hey, I go with uh, your challenge. I said my biggest challenge is balancing the responsibilities, like of raising a child while also. Well, mine's a little different because you're yeah, saying you're, yours is different. Mine's yeah. mine's balancing being a father compared to being me. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. So like balancing. Okay, what do I want to do? But I'm also a dad. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's that's the biggest one. So um, I just put like parenting requires a lot of my time, attention, and energy. And it can like, at the end of the day, I you know, you're left feeling exhausted and overwhelmed. And you have to juggle work and chores and other responsibilities while trying to provide a supportive and nurturing environment for your kids. And that's not easy. So almost like sometimes you are taking on more of like the selfish realm where it's just like, okay, I'm taking in so much time being a dad, but that's just yeah. kind of who you are, you know? You're in like the dad years, you know? Yeah. Hence yeah. the dad bod. Hence the, Hence dad, the bod. dad bod. <laughs> but I think that, that that has really come about like in in the past, being a father was kind of an overarching aspect. You know, if you're a father, you you do do these other things. And it's not a separate thing from yourself. Like you're a father, you come home, you, you know, pour yourself a little cocktail if it's been stressful and um, you can on the weekends, you can like go golfing or whatever, but you're still father, you know, 
like your kids would say, my father do this kind of thing. And that's what I was saying. <laughs> I, I get it. I get you know what, what I'm saying? saying? Yes. <clears throat> like now it's, now it's separated as, you know, father is just you being nurturing to your children. But outside of that, you're still trying to be Michael. So you're kind of like fighting yourself. Yeah. A little bit. Like I always knew my dad was dad, but I also knew that like he had his space and he had his stuff. Yeah. Like I knew what he, as I got older, I would see that. Yeah. Would you guys say that nowadays, like in our time, dads, it's kind of like dads have to be more involved. Like not saying my dad wasn't involved, but he definitely did his own thing majority of the time. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you think that is a thing where dads are feeling the pressure to be more involved? I think that comes from the, really the, the rise of the feminism movement and women trying to come into the workplace and them starting to have their own jobs, their own lives and stuff. And now dads just feel like, you know, there's nobody there watching my kid. So I kind of have to be there. Yeah, I, I would have never questioned, like, I spent a lot of time with my mom growing up, and mm -hmm. my dad was there, like, we didn't hang out very often, so, and I understood that, like, he worked, and my mom was home most of the time. I mean, she had jobs, yeah, you me know, too. off and on, but she wasn't, she didn't always have a job. When she did have a job, it was, you know, other than the optometry, she was working in the school I was going to, she was taking me to school, and she was at school, and then she was taking me home, um, so I would have never, like, looking back, I don't think I would have wanted anything to change. Like, I wouldn't be like, I wish my dad was more present. Like, I, I understood, especially now, at, you know, 31, I understand what he was doing. Mm -hmm. like yeah. He was working his butt off and coming home stressed, and then he was taking care of the yard work and taking care of everything else that needed right. to take care yeah. of. So. And I feel, and, and that was like that for, you know, thousands of years is that the dads would be off doing something and the moms would be home with the kids. With the kids. And when the dads would come home, it'd be like, why aren't you doing the, the chores or why aren't you, you know, listening to your mom? Somebody hungry. <laughs> so hungry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's just a different aspect. And so I feel like I do rely on Michael a lot, a lot to like be present with yeah. our kids and so maybe that is me putting more stress on him to like you know be more well, involved it, it could be but now you know nowadays it's like more it's more the babysitters that are raising the children or yeah or nannies yeah you know and there's there should be a balance to the to the relationship where it's the the male and feminine um, archetype taking over. So my biggest challenge in parenting would probably be like the mom guilt of it all. Like there is a lot like writing on me as a mom. And I feel like if I don't live up to these expectations, whether they're portrayed like on social media or whether they're portrayed on like just high expectations I have for myself, I feel like that guilt really, really gets me and it's hard. So mm. I feel like that's my biggest challenge. I think as a guy, I absolutely hate seeing all of this fake 
momhood on social media. Absolutely hate it. It's disgusting. Like, what do you mean? You see these moms that have to post every picture every time their kid takes a step. And it's, they, they're not doing it for their kids. They're not doing it to be a mom. They're doing it so people idolize them as humans and it has nothing to do mm. with parenthood. And it drives me insane. I see it and I'm like, okay. Especially some people that I see that I see, you know, on Facebook and in real life. And I'm like, this is so fake. And it just drives me nuts. Because I think, I think you could be such a more nurturing person if you put your phone down. And you don't have oh, to like 100%. take every picture and, and post every picture. And, you know, it, you could be so much more present for your kids. And they're growing up seeing that. And then yeah. when they get social media, they're going to want to take all those pictures and they're never going to be present in what they're actually doing. Yeah. And it's going to, it's just, it's creating, I, I think, a disaster. Oh but. yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And it, like it, like it sets up unrealistic expectations for, for other moms, for other moms. Yeah. Cause it's like, well, sh- well you, you hear about like, oh, you know, for your Santa gift, if you believe in Santa, it should only cost $10. So it's fair to everyone else. That wouldn't matter if you weren't on social media. Yeah. It wouldn't matter. No, yeah. yeah. It's like, how about the Santa gift, if you're going to believe in that or do that, is is none of your business, and it's my family. Yeah. Like, don't tell me, you know. It's it's crazy to me that because people post about it, it's it's like it's making other kids and other moms feel bad. You know, then don't don't post about it or delete social media. Yeah. But it's it's yeah, to the point a, where that's it's a big thing. Yeah, it's just to the point now where if you're not if you're not constantly taking a complete dialogue of your everyday then you're not as cool as someone else. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's not right. I, yeah. And I think it just feeds into that. And I know I'm not the only mom that has the mom guilt. So it's very prevalent in our society. So, um, okay. So real quick, what is one of our favorite moments or blessings that we have that comes from parenthood? I think my favorite moment is like when the kids say, this is like the best day, like this, today is the best day ever. Oh yeah, that's I love that. that's cute too. <laughs> yeah, like the other day when it was just basically me and Ellie all day. I don't yeah. remember what happened. I took her to dance, and before that, oh, I I picked her up from school yeah. and took her to the eye doctor. We went to we went and had lunch together. She came back to the shop, and then I took her to dance, and we got to hang out there. And she was like, "Daddy, this is just the best day. This Aww. is this is the best day ever." And I'm like, "That's awesome." Yeah, yeah. When we took Ollie to the um, aquarium i mean he was just those like the happiest little kid. Yeah. yeah yeah where they just look around they're just like whoa yeah that moment he saw his first shark i mean i almost started crying <laughs> he was just like just so happy and in the moment and everything and then nelly told me one day she's like dad you're the best daddy ever mm-hmm. and i was like oh i start crying god i cry a lot <laughs> I think mine is those random, like either when I walk in the room or just because like our kids are so good at giving us hugs and Mm. they'll just like run up and give you a hug. And sometimes they give you the hug in like a moment where you really need it. You know what I mean? So just getting those hugs and, or when you walk in the room and they're like, mommy. And of course, when you first come home from work, (laughs) daddy's following me and they'll be like, oh, it's like (laughs) 10 times louder and more exciting. But I mean, I do get the first, you know, Mm. love. So. Those are some of my favorite moments. That's why you always walk in first. Always, 100% <laughs> of the time. Oh, yeah. Don't let me walk in. <laughs> After Michael, it doesn't matter if I walk in or not. I mean, Daddy! Oh, hi, Mom. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh Mom, hey. No, it wouldn't be like that. <laughs> um. So let's dive deep into like what God or the Bible says about parenting. So does anybody want to start? Yeah, Michael, what do you got about 
I don't know. I'm still heated yeah. on social media. I talked about it and I'm mad. <laughs> In my own head, I'm like, oh, I hate you. Oh. We can talk more about it. You want to um, talk more about it? No, no. Uh, what the Bible says. I mean, do you just want me to take this whole section? Because I have a lot to say. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, fine. I have some stuff too. But yeah, we can comment on it. It's okay. I mean, you start. I'm going to start. All right, you start. And I probably, I, I'm guessing we're going to be very similar in, in our verses because okay. when you look up Bible verses on parenting, I'm sure it's they're, they're probably similar. <laughs> similar. Yeah. They all show up the same. Um, I'm going to have Proverbs. I'm, I'm trying not to, I'm trying not to take yours, but 22, six. Yep. And, uh, you know, train up a child in the way he should go. And we, when he is old enough, he will not depart from it. So, like it's emphasizing the importance of teaching your children right from wrong and the importance of guiding them uh, to develop a strong moral compass to guide them through life. So Mm -hmm. it's like, that's. And if they grow up going to church and talking about God and praying and that being the forefront in your family. Yeah. I feel like they'll just continue that with no issue. I mean, maybe Mm -hmm. they might go off and try something else for a little while, but hopefully if you raise them up, right, you know, they'll, come back and yeah i feel like definitely if it's done right they'll stay with it because i feel like when i was growing up you know if i'd have a question and i'd ask it i'd just be brought down with condemnation about it like why are you even asking this question right and then i end up being atheist for a few years yeah um yeah you definitely need to do it right and be open with your kid about it yeah, I don't know that I had a strong moral compass growing up. <laughs> I don't think you I don't did. think anybody would accuse you of that. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I, so I just didn't know. You know, like I just didn't, I wasn't, I don't know. I, I, I wasn't like uh, thinking about right and wrong most of the time. I was thinking about <laughs> me. So next one. I'm sure it's on your list. But father, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Ephesians 6, 4. Mm. So this verse basically instructs parents to discipline their children in a loving and nurturing manner uh, that's consistent with God's teachings. Mm. I didn't have that either. I had that one, and it's helping children love and live for Jesus. Like if you're disciplining them yeah. in a way where they understand what it's for, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, that's good. We've been trying to teach our oldest that, you know, Jesus and God don't like it when you lie. It's and, hard. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you have any others? I have a lot more. Okay, keep going. <clears throat> so far you're matching up with mine, so. <laughs> Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. So yeah. this this verse is teaching children to obey their and honor their parents, recognizing their authority is God's given. Yeah. Yeah, I had that one. Now how do you how do you teach that to children to obey your parents be, because of God? Not just because they're your parents, but because of God. Is that just I, I think telling I, them about it? I, I think t- teaching them but also probably praying with them and, and including that in prayer mm, that's a good one so yeah, like you're not yeah. really telling them but you're saying it out loud yeah and before they go to bed if they hear that yeah even make if it's it, like make it real for them yeah 
I also feel if you open up the Bible and say, hey, look, mm-hmm. it just says right here, you need to honor your mother and father. Yeah. God commanded you to do so. Like, I feel like if I mean, even showing them, like, I'm not making this up. Like, it's yeah. right here, you know, yeah. proof right here. And just having that conversation with them will also help. Mm-hmm. Father, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Colossians 3, 21. Um, and this emphasizes the importance of positive reinforcement, encouragement, and instruction to raise children rather than negative or abusive tactics. Mm, yeah. That's a good one. Which is so much easier to be negative and abusive. It's so much easier to get to that angry. Oh, yeah. To oh, be like, man. you're not listening. Yeah. Yeah. Yell at him, put him in timeout, and go do your own thing. I've been like getting so angry and then stopping and be like, okay, this yeah. child did nothing. Yeah. Am I, yeah. Am I being selfish right now? Yeah. So I've been stopping and thinking about it and just going, okay, they did nothing. Let me calm down. I'm angry because of something completely different. Yeah. Their mother. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Do you have any more? Yeah, you want me to keep going? Yeah, just yeah, keep, keep going, going bro. This is good. Yeah, you already got mine. So, like arrows in the hand of a warrior Ooh. are the children of one's youth. Psalms one twenty seven verse four. Um, it basically highlights the importance of raising children to be strong, independent, and capable, like the arrows in a warrior's quiver. Interesting. Hmm. That's a good, good one. one. Raising them to be like, you're twelve now. Get. Go get a house. Just yeah. kidding. <clears throat> but being able to make yeah. choices. Well, that goes back to the, the thing that Dr. Bob talked about when sin is actually an archery term, which means, uh, you know, hamartia. Yeah. You remember that? To miss the mark. I think so. So you need to raise your children to be disciplined enough to follow God's word and always find find their target. That's good. So in, in goodness. The Bible is basically like, when it comes to parenting, to summarize it, it's basically encouraging parents to raise their children with love, discipline, and guidance, instilling in them a strong moral foundation to guide them through life, like I said before. Mm-hmm. I think those were all very good. I, also, I think I, I, I saw that you have yeah, it's this, uh, You have Psalms 127.3, and I had four. So what does that say? I don't know. <laughs> I think my verses are off. Oh, is it the same one? Yeah. Yeah. You touched it. Basically. Oh, okay. Um, I also kind of went on the seven traits of effective parenting. It was in a Christian-based parenting book. And I didn't write the book down, so I apologize, and I will try to find <laughs> it. Uh, but there were seven traits to have effective parenting. There's love, respect, intentionality, boundaries and limits, gratitude, grace and forgiveness, and adaptability. Mm. I think those are all amazing traits yeah. to have as parenting. And we do those naturally mm-hmm. right now. I think there's certain ones that if I look on here, like, ooh, I could work on this. Or, ooh, we need to work on this. Mm-hmm. And whether that be us or the kids even, you know. And you can take these traits and turn them back to what that looks like for our family. What mm-hmm. does love look like for our family? What does respect? What is intentionality? boundaries gratitude forgiveness and adaptability look like Mm -hmm. so we could even sit down and have a little family meeting and talk about all that stuff too yeah that's a good idea 
Like, yeah, ask your children how they think that you're doing. Yeah, and I think it would be a good, you know, starter, a conversation starter. But mm-hmm. I also think it'd be good to touch base almost like once or once a year, you know, as the kids get older. Yeah. Because obviously Kinsley can't add any input. She's not even like two. <laughs> so like when she is, it's it'd be good to like reevaluate and go back through and be like, okay, you know, how can we love as a family? You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. stick to some of those. It's weird because... My advice is seven traits. Ooh, well, that's the next thing. It's like, I didn't. I made them up. Whoa! <gasps> what? Yeah, I made oh up seven traits. Gosh. Oh my god! They're not. They're not what you put. They're different. Well, this came from a parenting book, so you should write a book. Apparently, I should write a book because <laughs> I have seven traits of advice for parents. Well, that's my next little tidbit. Is like, let's give like some good parenting advice or. Oh boy. What we think. So let's have you start. I've got seven. <laughs> I can't wait to hear. Yeah, I can't wait to hear you. Because coming Go from you, seven. this is great. Step one <laughs> <laughs> show love and affection. Your children need to feel loved, valued, and secure, and spend quality time with your child. Hug them often and express your love in words. Aww. I like that. I think that's important. Yeah. It's important for us as adults to feel that. So oh, yeah. to put that for the kids is important. Provide a safe and secure environment. Ensure that your child's physical and emotional needs are met. Keep your home safe and childproof. Establish routines and boundaries and create a supportive atmosphere. As a school teacher, that is crucial because you see kids coming from not a safe environment and... You can tell. So <clears throat> establishing oh, that mm-hmm. is so important. Mm-hmm. Number three. Can't wait. Wow, that was all two? <laughs> Be a good role model. Children learn by example, so model the behavior you want your children to exhibit. Show respect, kindness, and responsibility in your interactions with others. Um, our pastor said this weekend, um, what he used to say is, you need to focus a lot on your spouse because your kids are constantly looking at how you two interact and mm. eventually is how they're going to look like towards someone else. Yeah. And so really like putting that, you know, mm. thought like putting more effort into you and your spouse and like really making you guys strong so your yeah. kids can see a strong marriage. But then he said this weekend he realized that can go one step for- further and really show how you are with God, your relationship Mm. with God, like be open with that and really display that with your kids because that's, what's going to guide them up exactly in their beliefs. And if you're showing a strong, you know, faith to them since they were small, Mm. that's just going to follow them forever. Yeah. Um, a thing I like about, uh, Dak Shepard and Kristen Bell, um, they've talked about on their podcast where if, if they were to, have a fight in front of their children, they make sure that they resolve that fight in front of their children. Yeah. So that way they think that, you know, something actually came about of this and that mommy and daddy don't just don't like each other. Like include, include them in the resolution. That's good. Know? Yeah. If you can't step away and fight, then make sure they at least see the end of a fight. Yes. Yeah. I like that. That's good. Number four. <laughs> <laughs> Encourage. <laughs> Encourage independence. 
Yes. Your children need to develop skills and independence. So help provide opportunities for your children to make choices, take risks, and then learn from their mistakes. Oh, man. A hundred million percent. Again, as a small school teacher, I teach kindergarten, you can tell the kids that play independently at home because there are kids that do not. Yes. And so if they can learn that it's okay to play by themselves, oh my gosh, that's going to help them so much in life. Oh man. And when they get to school. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, back in, back in the, the early 1900s and stuff, you know, my, my grandpa grew up in 1930s and he used to tell me stories that when he was uh, 11, he would take the bus from Niles down to South Bend <laughs> to the golf course to caddy for, I don't know, 10 hours or something. And then he'd go to the diner, get a milkshake, get a cheeseburger, and then have enough time to hit the bus to go back home. It's like, yeah, what he's 11. Yeah. And I yeah. feel like when we were growing up, um, no. I was a 90s kid, so... Obviously, like when we were growing up, my when we stayed with my grandma, we played outside all day long. You were not allowed to bug her. Like, oh, yeah. Goodbye outside the whole entire day until she rang that dinner bell yeah. and we were allowed back inside. And if it was raining, we better find something to do because her and my grandpa, they had, they had they stuff, had stuff to, get to get done. Do. Yeah. Like they don't have, they never, they did sit down and play with us like card games and stuff. Yeah. But like for the majority of the time, like we were to play mm. by ourselves or with our cousins or our siblings yeah. like we were not to and that I don't that's know. so important is, yeah yes is being able to you know in 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 most job applications nowadays it's like uh can you do stuff without being told like yeah. do we have to have take somebody initiative. babysitting yeah. do you take initiative yeah and there's people that there's people that can do stuff without being told they do it wrong yeah. so. <laughs> well that's true at least they tried though i guess all right, next. <laughs> Number five. All right. Communicate effectively. Listen actively to your children. Express yourself clearly and respectfully and encourage open communication and encourage your children to share their thoughts and concerns with you. I think that's good. I think it yeah, goes back great. to the relationship episode when we've talked about communication mm -hmm. and this just kind of trickles down to even our kids having yeah. that effective communication with them. I mean, yeah. you know, like Ellie will walk in and be like, Daddy, I'm concerned about something. Like, and she will, and she'll tell me all about something that doesn't matter, but I listen and then I explain to her why, like, it's okay <laughs> or why not to worry about it. But she's, she at least feels at six knows that if she needs to say something, she can say it. Yeah. And I don't want that to disappear as she gets older. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, though her stories sometimes are 697 years long, we always say she gets time that from, from her grandma. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> It's insane. And you have to be so patient with her because you can't interrupt her and like tell her. She'll start over. <laughs> yeah. She'll start over or she'll cry because nobody wants to listen to yeah. her. Yeah. yeah. So you really have to listen to her and go, okay, all right, whatever I'm doing can wait for the next hour. <laughs> because the story is 697 yeah. minutes. Yeah. All right. Number six. Number six. Set reasonable expectations for your kids. Children need structure and clear expectations. So set age-appropriate limits and consequences for misbehavior. Encourage positive behavior, uh, even if that's with a little praise or reward. Mm. That's yeah, that's that's hard to not expect 
too much from your kids. It's like, but you can, you can see them do things on their own, but you also can't expect them to like clean a whole house or no, do all that. But I do feel like there is appropriate chores that they can. Oh do yeah, and yeah, yeah. They, you know, the expectations of behaviors they should be able not to scream in your face or yes. you know yeah. say bad words or anything like that. Like mm. and making those clear, I think is important. Yeah. Last one. Number seven, foster a love of learning. Encourage your child's curiosity, creativity, and love of learning. Provide stimulating activities. Read to your child and engage in conversation that encourage critical thinking. Like taking them to the aquarium. aquarium. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. <clears throat> it is, it's the cutest thing seeing your kids get interested in something and then want to keep pursuing that thing you know they just love it so much and they're so interested by it and they just get so much joy out of that i also feel like you and monica are so good at the experiences for your kids like even that if that means taking them to fernwood or the Mm. beach or you know like you guys are just so good at like the farmer's market like you guys just go out a lot mm-hmm. and i feel like michael and i unless we're like invited somewhere or it's like the store like places that we go unless it's like a trip or something we're not very good at that and i mm-hmm. that's something that i definitely want to work on just to like get those experiences like for our kids mm-hmm. you said no <laughs> i'm so tired of being outside the house we're, I'm already, <laughs> i see my house like four hours a day like i i'm not ready to go yeah but i feel like yeah. you know i'll <laughs> let you go with john and monica with the yeah, kids yeah like, <laughs> i'll stay home. even like fernwood like that's just out and about you know what i mean yeah. or the park or the beach or you know just getting them outside and getting them to different places they don't always get to see is good yeah mostly because we need that too it's yeah. like we we know that that's a place that we can go where they're going to be interested in something besides us or the iPad. Yeah. Or the iPad. Or, yeah. Which is really good because yeah. right now kids are very, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, a big thing. What do you guys think of that? I feel like it's it's okay, but it needs to be limited. Yeah. I feel like there needs to be a limit on it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Be, well, I mean, obviously technology is not going to go anywhere. No, no, so no. Yeah. they obviously need to have some sort of you need uh, to introduction to it. You need to counterbalance ipad time with social activity yeah Mm. so they're not socially awkward because they're on their ipad all the time yes now oh my gosh (laughs) there's more is there more it's a disclaimer okay my god when's this book come out i know gosh because you have to i put a i put seven things and then i put a disclaimer because not all like every child is different oh yeah not all the same so there's not like a one-size-fits-all approach to parenting so it's important to be flexible, patient, and responsive with your child's needs because some children do not need my seven or they need them in a completely different way. Yes. I yeah. agree. Than what we just talked about. So. Mm-hmm. Um, John, do you have any parenting advice? I mean, I know Michael covered a lot of it, but do you have any other um, advice? I would just say be, take a breath. Yeah. Be patient. That's just hard sometimes. Read Michael Reed's book coming out june yeah. of 2024 <laughs> you really should um i think mine is just know you're not alone like everyone is struggling it is not all rainbows and unicorns and as instagram would point out right and it's just like it's 
there are hard days, even for the people that you think have it all together. Mm. There's hard days for them and you're not going to know everything and that's okay. I mean, I feel like parenting is a learning experience because you've never done this before. Mm. Like, especially if, you know, you're going through it, you know, so it's just like, I don't know. I just feel like you just need to be flexible and understanding with yourself and give yourself grace and a lot of prayer. Just be like, hey, God, I need help. Today's hard, hard day for motherhood or fatherhood. And I just need you there for me. So, Mm -hmm. um, all right. So to wrap it up, I've got two prayers. One, two. Yeah. One, a prayer for your children. So for adults. And then the second one is a prayer that you can do with your kids. So here's the first one to pray for our kids. Lord, you know, my heart, you know, me best. And you know how much I care for my kids. Thank you, Lord, for their lives, their souls. Thank you for the gift of being a parent. I ask you for your protection and guidance over my kids. Keep them safe and healthy. May they grow in your wisdom and may your mighty hand defend them against the enemy. Show me how to truly love them without selfishness or fear. May your Holy Spirit free them. May heal them and bless them. May your grace touch their hearts so Christ becomes known to them as their Lord and Savior. I wait for you, Lord. I trust in your promises, and I pray for my children. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. The last one is the one that you can do with your kids. So everybody hold up five fingers. I've only got four on this one hand. Okay, this is how you can teach your kids to say a good prayer. Okay? So, so, your thumb. First, you praise God. So, you say something like, God, you're so awesome. Maybe you just give them a thumbs up. Or you give them a thumbs up. Hey! Number two, hold up your pointer finger. You confess your sins. So, maybe for John, that would be like lying. Like, hey, God, I lied today about this. Mm. You know, please forgive me for that and help show me the better way to do things. Number three, thank God. Thank God for your health. Thank God for your food. Thank God for your home. Whatever you want to thank God for. Number four, that's your ring finger. Pray for others. So pray for somebody in your family. Pray for your friends. Your pinky finger, pray for yourself. So they can pray for them. Maybe something's going on. So they can pray for themselves. And then your palm, you close your prayer. So in Jesus' name, amen. And then you're done. That's awesome. So thumb, praise God. Pointer, confess. Middle finger, thank God. Ring finger, pray for others. Pinky, pray for yourself. And palm, close the prayer. And then don't punch your brother or sister with your closed palm. (laughs) That's right. But I think, John, could you maybe share this on Instagram this week so people that want to see it could see this picture? So maybe if they want to do it with their kid, they have it as a reference. Yeah, definitely. That'd be perfect. Yeah, that'll be first thing up. Yay. Yay. Well, guys, this was good. This was a good episode on parenting. I feel like we have a lot to learn still as parents. So, Oh, yeah. Stay tuned for part two, three, <laughs> four. <laughs> I've got it. I'm good. Oh, oh. oh yeah. Michael's book's coming <laughs> Michael's out on parenting. Pro, so. <laughs> pro parent. Um, well, guys, have a blessed week and join us next week for our, for our next episode on Wednesday. Rock out with your Bibles out. Bye. Cheers. 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 Cheers.